Yo, yo, yo. Let's go, let's go. It's the Great Debate Show, and we're back. Better than ever, baby. It's the good guys. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We back in the building, and we're here for a new episode. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button. And we're available wherever you get your podcast. The follow button lets you know whenever a new episode is available. We we got a lot to talk about. Basketball, the NBA playoffs, the NBA finals. Playoffs is almost over. We're going to the NBA finals now. We're just one game away from that. Celtics, Heat going on right now as we recording. As we are recording, Lakers done. Nuggets advance. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I just want to quickly give the breaking news um, that we learned earlier today where and this is coming in boxing this this was a definitely breaking news to me it shocked me but Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence agree to a July the 29th fight Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence have agreed to a deal to fight for the undisputed welterweight championship on July 29th at Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena. PBC's Al Heyman, who advises Spence, and CAA's Ish Henson, who advises Crawford, negotiated and now will deliver the most anticipated boxing match since the mega fight between Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao in 2015. This is going to be something, guys. Crawford and Spence couldn't believe it. it's actually happening. I had given up on it, and now we're going to see it. It's going to happen. We'll get to that in a minute here. It's a lot of stuff to talk about with that fight, but the main thing right now is to know is they're going to have a fight. Uh, but they've already broken down some of the terminology of the contract uh, as far as the splits. If it's a split, it could be a trilogy. Uh, they are, they've got 30 days to pull the trigger on their rematch clause. Uh, so for right now, it's going to start off as a two-fight deal. Uh, for Crawford with the PBC, the sources said, and uh, after the probable return bout between Crawford and Spence, which must, which, which, this is interesting also, it must take place before the end of 2023. Both boxers are expected to move up to 154 pounds. So not only are you going to get a rematch, you're going to get that rematch before June, I mean, before 2023 ends. This is, this is crazy. We're actually going to get two great fights probably within the last six months, five, six months of the year. So uh, anyway, let's 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 discuss that. But guys, how y'all doing, man? Hey, after that news and um and after the Lakers debacle last night, I'm actually pretty good. All right, all the right. Lakers debacle was definitely not the worst thing that happened to me this week. So I'll take that. Um, not so much the Lakers part of it, just the LeBron part. I know. I've tried to give LeBron. I, I give LeBron his respect. I still don't like him. I'm more so, I most of it's not only like him. I don't like his fans. It's, it's the fans. Like it's the fans. That's the thing. LeBron actually seems like a pretty decent guy. He seems like I, a very likable person. I I would go a step further. I think I would probably enjoy hanging out with LeBron James more than I ever would have enjoyed hanging out with Kobe Bryant. Like just to hang out with. Oh no, I believe it, and I feel the same way about MJ and. Um, uh, I'm trying to see who any of the other greats. Um, see, I feel like even Duncan. I feel like Duncan is just boring. Duncan is just boring. It's different. Yeah. MJ. Yeah. You know, no, MJ like, would be. Fun. No, MJ would be fun to hang out with. MJ's about that life. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Might be a little dangerous. Might be a little dangerous. 
But he's Michael Jordan. It'll probably you gotta have a, you gotta have a pocket full of money to hang with Jordan, man. That's also true. Yeah. That's also yeah. very true. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you yeah. know, if, if the money obviously if the money was, you gotta have a pocket of money to hang with LeBron too, shit. But if the option, if money was not an object in this situation, Michael Jordan would definitely be a fun person to hang out with, especially Michael Jordan in his prime. You know, maybe at 60, what, 62 years old, he might not be as fun to hang out with. But uh, right. 60 years old, he just turned 60, I think. But um, yeah, 30 year old Michael Jordan. I definitely don't sit with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, so we're gonna get, we're gonna start off by asking you guys before we get into the basketball talk. Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. The fight is happening July 29th. These guys have, of course, been uh, preparing for this fight. They've been in training camp. We didn't think the fight was gonna happen, but apparently, they if it's gonna be this soon, then they still been preparing themselves for this fight. Within two months from now. Is gonna happen on this first fight in Las Vegas. Uh, I think ESPN has, of course, Terrence Crawford was a part of the PBC. I mean, not the PBC, but top ranked boxing. So I guess that was only right that they would have Terrence Crawford at number one. But he was the number one pound for pound boxer on their list, and Earl Spence Jr. came in at number four, not two or three, but four. So now they get to lock up. I'll start with Terrence first. Uh, who's going to win this fight and why? Or is it too soon for you to even give that answer? You know, it, it, it's not that it's too soon. And I, and I think I kind of said something similar the last time we talked about it. But these guys are so evenly matched. I don't know if I've ever seen a more evenly matched um, mega bout. You know, where it's not that they don't have weaknesses. It's, it's that they, they have the... They have the exact same strengths, and they're both very good at the strengths. Yeah. And it is very hard to – the weaknesses they do have is hard to exploit. I mm, – here's the thing. I don't think that Crawford has fought the competition that Spence has fought. Um, now, that doesn't mean that Spence is – that, that uh, Crawford isn't as good. I think Crawford is, is – if he's not one, he's two as far as pound for pound. But I'm saying that to say that we have seen Aaron Spence in a little more of a uh, – in a few more wars than we've seen Crawford in. And that might prove to uh, to these Spences that – might, that might be the only advantage that Spence has. So I'm going to go with Spence just based on that, man. But these two guys are evenly matched. They can both fight Orthodox and Southpaw. They both have power in both hands, um, the balance, the speed. I don't, I don't even think there's that, that big of a reach advantage for either either guy. Crawford might be a little bit longer, but I'm not sure about that. Um, mm, these yeah, guys sure. are these these guys are mirror images. This is Undertaker versus Undertaker of SummerSlam '94, I think. <laughs> so, man, it, it's it's, it's going to be a good fight just because these guys are the top of the game. They're in their prime, yeah. and they are they are so dog. Both of them are so doggone good, man. So I, I can't I can't pick one just based on skill. I will go with. I would go with Spence just because he's been in a, in a few more wars. Gotcha. Well, Terrence, if he wins, what does he win in? Decision, knock, TKO. What, what, what do you see here? I, I, I don't think any of these guys are going to get knocked out, man. Uh, I, I would say it would be a decision. I, I just they're both so good. They don't they don't really you don't really catch those guys. I think Spence might get caught a little bit more than Crawford does. Uh, but other than that, man, these guys don't really get caught. And here's the thing. 
Uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta give one to take. You gotta take one to give one. Yeah. And who's really who's really willing to take one? Yeah. So man, I I don't uh, I I don't think it'll be a knockout. Honestly, I could I could I can very much see all these fights going to decision. There's gonna be some wars. It will absolutely be some wars. But you're talking about wars of two warriors. Now, as I was saying earlier, Spence has been in. To me, he's been tested a little bit more in deep water with with to me with. Um, Bigger, better opponents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go with Spence just based on that. But man, let me tell you, I ain't confident in that at all. Nick, you want to add anything to that? I want to ask Terrence a question because I, I know he's a couple years older than me, so he he actually probably watched. <laughs> but you said SummerSlam in '94, Undertaker versus Undertaker. Did you mean Undertaker I think, versus? I Kane? think that was SummerSlam '94. But did you mean to say Undertaker versus Kane, or did you mean to say Undertaker no, versus no, Undertaker? Nick? You you don't know about Undertaker versus Undertaker? No, nah, he knew what he was I, saying. I was I was three years old in the summer of '94. All right, well, 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 let, well, well, let me explain. <laughs> so when Undertaker originally came to the WWF, then um, the storyline had him as being brought in by Ted DiBiase. Now we all know Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Um. Later he was on, in, the, in the Brett Favre stuff too? His son was. Well, Ted DiBiase was too, but the son was the one that... His son is the one that's going to do the time for it. He's going to be the fall guy. Oh, uh, he was, there was his department. He was over like the, the welfare or whatever. And he's the one that... He's going to, he's going to be the one to take the fall for it. So, yeah. He already sounds like a great guy. All right, good. Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so later on, Undertaker was switched to Brother Love... And then eventually to Paul Bearer, which you might know. Um, but that Undertaker got that Undertaker got hurt. Uh, storyline: He had a storyline injury. He may have had a real injury. He he was hurt a lot, but he he was gone. Ted DiBiase brings in his version of the Undertaker, which is not it wasn't Mark Calloway. It was some other guy that was really tall that they got to play Undertaker. Right, and and then the real Undertaker eventually came back to fight him, and they had a. Undertaker versus Undertaker match at um, uh, SummerSlam 94, I think is what it was. Please tell me the real Undertaker won. The real Undertaker did win, and he put the uh, fake Undertaker in a body bag. Nice. That's exactly where he deserves Pro wrestling, man. It, it doesn't get better than pro wrestling. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I do miss when I had more of a fandom for it. Come on back, Nick. We're waiting on you, man. The doors are Come the on doors back. are always open. <laughs> Come on back. The doors to the arena are always open. Right. So Nick I, I may have to give it another shot here. So uh what's the chance that actually this fight actually ends in a draw? I don't know what the odds would be on something like that. Well that would definitely give you know, us the trilogy, I don't know what the odds so are, but I would that. I would put a couple bucks on it. Mm-hmm. And you, so you, you really think it's that you think it's that tight? They're just they're evenly matched. I mean they they oh, are yes. literally Evenly matched. This, 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 is, seems, this, seems, this seems to mean a lot to Jarvis. So, uh, Jarvis, I'm going to propose something here real quick. If you are in town for it, you okay. probably should do something for the show. Yeah, yeah. Regarding that and definitely get together and watch it. Okay, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, for certain, for I, certain. Yeah, now, I, I, know, I know I heard you talking earlier about that may not be possible. If it is possible, if, it, if you are here or if you have other plans, whatever the case is, if you don't yeah. have it, let's have that as a backup option. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. If we can't do that first option that Terrence gave earlier when we were discussing in, in pre-production with the, you know, as far as being a part of the press, um, and who knows, yeah. and who who knows, man, that maybe, would that, that would definitely be option A. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. And uh, and if the if that's the case, then maybe we are maybe the entire cast of the Great Debate Show will be 
uh, you know, at that fight. But it's July 29. I'm looking. I'm checking right now, trying to make accommodations and um, and in reservations and get myself ready for it. But I've definitely been looking forward to it, but I gave up on it. But, yeah, to answer your question, Nick, I think you were asking Terrence, but I agree with Terrence. Yes, they are very evenly matched. Um, it's This could go either way. This is a seesaw. It could go either way. Um, I don't know who's going to win this fight. I don't even want to say who's going to win it. I just want to uh, enjoy it. And I hope, but I know how it's going to go. If we're going to get a trilogy, the first one will be a little bit boring because we're going to spend half the fight, you know, six rounds of them trying to fill each other. And then the last six rounds, finally, we'll get to see a little action. And then, you know, it'll just go off of, well, who won the rounds. And, yeah, by decision, one of them will win. They'll get the rematch and do it again, and we'll get a much better one. Now, this could be a showdown. You know, who knows? But as Terrence was saying, man, they're both so good, neither one of them probably are going to get knocked out. That may be a knockdown here or there, but I don't see either one of them getting knocked out either. If there is somebody that's going to knock somebody out, I'm not going to lie, it'll probably be Earl Spence getting knocked out uh, because you got to watch it. Bud, Bud is sharp as it gets, and he he's – he may have a little bit more power in his punch uh, than Earl Spence. But technical, when it comes to just the fundamentals of boxing and breaking down the whole terminology of, you know, scientific terminology of the way boxing really works, Earl Spence does it better than anybody. He's very technical. He's a technician. He's very smart. Um, he will feel you out. He can beat you his way. He can beat you your way. I watched him do it against Sean Porter. Um He's come. He's coming back from a lot to come back from the car crash and now to come back from yeah. the the eye surgery. He came back and beat uh, Ugas. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, even though um, that was the guy that made Pacquiao look bad. So even though he didn't fight Pacquiao, he came back from the eye surgery, the eye injury, and you know he fought the guy that beat Pacquiao and he made him look pretty bad too. It wasn't even close really. Um, and Crawford did his thing to his last fight. So here we go. It's the showdown, and I'm ready for it. Um, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm a little excited. I can't. I, I I can't lie. I'm surprised. It was a pleasant surprise, uh, nonetheless. And uh, man, I don't know, man. I, I probably would say a draw, Nick. To be honest with you, Terrence is gonna go. Um, who did you say, Terrence? Did you say? Did you say Spence? In a I'm, decision? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with Spence just just because of uh, uh the the experience in in bigger fights. Yeah. Man, I'm just gonna say it could be a draw. It could be a draw. I, I, I would not be surprised. They've already they're contracted for more fights. We know how boxing works sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and we just saw part of it this weekend with Devin Haney being handed a decision that he did not earn. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and predict a draw. But if if anybody could win their first fight. I could see Crawford getting the best of Spence in the rounds, winning by decision. I could see Spence winning by decision, but I could also see Crawford. If anybody could get a TKO, it would probably be Crawford. But I'm not going to predict that. I think that's a little bit bold uh, of a prediction. So give me a draw because, man, I'm very undecided. I like both of them. They're the only reason why I still continue to try to watch, you know, boxing. Those two and Tank Davis in the other class. So, yeah. I'm going to say draw, Nick. Right on. Hey, I'm listening to y'all on this. You know, this is more y'all department. Gotcha. I just uh, want to stir it up a little bit and see if, see if there was any, any difference there. But and y'all both got in the same spot. So I just want to watch it. So it'll be fun to watch. Okay. All right. 
Uh, and before we get into the basketball again, let's quickly talk about what the this rule that happened uh, in the NFL just here yesterday. Uh, the owners have uh, changed a few things. They set to extend Roger Goodell. That's coming up. The deal is pretty much done. They said he's going to be extended past 2027 or up until 2027. Uh, but, hey, he's making those owners money, money, money. So, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, also, the NFL fair catch rule was tweaked a bit. Fair catches on kickoffs will now result in a team starting at the 25-yard line regardless of where it is fielded. So I guess if you wanted to say, oh, they're coming at me, I want to do a fair catch inside the 10 or the 5, you can do that and not be in the end zone and still get the ball at the 25. So they're trying to take away the kickoff. They might as well just stop kicking the thing off. If you want to be real, at this point, at this point, that's no. crazy. Yeah, that yeah, that's the rule that was changed. That's one, and there, I, and here's the main one. I think, well, for me, um, because this was actually yeah, you just being biased. It's fine. Go ahead, though. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a bit biased. I'm not gonna lie, but it almost seems like they done this for for my team. Um, <laughs> the San Francisco, I mean, not the 49ers, but the owners approve. Well, damn, I'm gonna get to it. I, there's another one right in front of my eyes. The owners approved the flexing. Uh, Thursday night football games. This is something that fans complained about, you know, but you couldn't flex Thursday night games. They're the only one playing, but now they are going to do it. But they, I don't think they can do many. Uh, but uh, rule the rule change passes by 24 to 8 on the vote, according to Adam Schefter, and only two flexes are allowed. Okay, that's right. Only two flexes allowed all season and must be done within 28 days notice. But Thursday night games, when it starts to get boring and you've got the Bears versus the, um, I don't know, the Commanders or somebody, this is it. They could say, you know what, put them on Sunday afternoon. Let's get a better game in here, and it's flexed. But they only get two, so it's like challenges. All right, and then uh, the nitty-gritty one for me, the NFL has now – uh, brought back the the injury, the quarterback injury rule, the emergency quarterback, I mean to say. Um, man, I don't actually see where I had it at. But, yeah, they've changed the rule to where you can actually have that emergency quarterback. Last year, as we know, my San Francisco 49ers really did need that emergency quarterback, but they didn't have one. Jimmy Garoppolo could have been that quarterback, and he could have been suited and booted, ready to go. And we still probably would have beat the Philadelphia Eagles, or we would have had a much better <laughs> chance than we would have with Josh Johnson. Yeah. Then he got yeah. knocked out. Yeah. And then Purdy had to come back in the game to just hand that bitch off for the rest of the game. It was hard to watch. It was painful to watch. And um, but hey, that's how we suffered our loss. Not trying to make excuses, but because of this rule now. Teams can no longer have to worry about just starting two quarterbacks for the day and, you know, keeping this. They can suit up three quarterbacks. You've got your emergency quarterback. It's back, and I just wanted to know what you guys think about it. Uh, does it seem like this rule was put in just because of the NFC Championship game? And uh, But it's been a lot of complaints about it for quite some time now, and uh, maybe they had to see it to believe it, and they saw it, and they said, yep, this is what yeah, it needs I, to be. I, I, think it, I think it's common sense. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I hate that it came down to the two guys having to get hurt. You know, one guy who was probably going to still be out for uh, sometime this season, um, who already is not making a lot of money, you know, and he's got to miss time. And then another guy who, you know, my Ravens just signed him, but, you know, he had to go through a concussion. 
just for the NFL to be like, all right, this is a common sense rule. Every team needs to be able to put a quarterback on the field and it shouldn't cost them a roster spot. I just I think it's common sense. I don't I don't and this is me, I don't I don't I don't have a I don't have a dog in this race at all. I still don't think that the the Florida Mountains beat the Eagles with, with Garoppolo. Uh their problem was that game protecting the quarterback. Garoppolo right, ain't no matter who's the best that he was getting hit. And Garoppolo is is not the uh, and, and Garoppolo is already injury prone. You know, you guys were in that position because Garoppolo got hurt and Trey Young and, and Trey Lance got hurt. Their problem was protecting the quarterback. So and he's not particularly mobile. And he's not particularly mobile. Yeah, so Garoppolo comes in, he takes a thumping and 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 you know, and and we still have the same result. But at the very least, the game would have been different because I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably just just turned it off because there were, the Forty Niners had no chance of, of winning the game with no quarterback. And, and and it may be more about a more about a situation like that than it is about you know trying to help any particular team out. But to me, it's common sense. They should be able to uh, put a quarterback on the field and not have to not have to give up a, a roster spot for for an emergency quarterback. And then and, and I you know hey I'm okay with maybe even having an emergency kicker. I don't want to see a team lose a field goal because they the kicker gets gets uh, hit late and they can't. Um, and they can't kick an extra point. Okay, so what happens when, when, when somebody takes out the emergency quarterback? Then what? Oh, well, you're screwed now. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to do? You want to go get somebody out of the stands or something? Like, at that point, I'm sorry, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, so, what's, so what's, what's going to happen when a couple of years from now, three quarterbacks get knocked out in the game in the playoffs? Hey, hey, hey if you can't protect three quarterbacks in the game, man, it ain't well, enough. You can't, can't protect two. Yeah, and then if I have enough rule change, and I can do to help you at that point. We made them change the rules, man. The Eagles defense was so good, we made the NFL change the rules. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, and again, the, the protection was bad on that play. I'm not going to say the Niners couldn't block the Eagles the entire game. It's just when you they couldn't block us the entire game. It it looks a lot different when you don't have your quarterback, your starting quarterback in the game anymore. You know, so I mean. For the most part, it's one play, and that's what makes this whole thing look like, hey, well, uh, in the trenches, yes, the Eagles were better, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't say – On don't both know sides the, of the ball. I don't know if the same thing happens on both sides of the ball or definitely offense, our offensive line versus your defensive line if the quarterback that was supposed to have been playing continued to play. It was just bad protection on that particular play, and Purdy held it a second, to, a second <clears throat> or two longer than he should have. But you know that's neither here nor there. The the, the rule has changed. Hey, and I and, and I got some stuff to say about Kyle Shanahan as far as the offensive line. I talked about the Niners not fixing the offensive line before here on this show, so I'm not trying to, to to deny any of that or dispute it. I'm just saying that that's just one play, and and you know I think things would have changed that we were able to get that play off. But Kittle shouldn't have been running the route. That's the time when he actually should have been blocking. We do complain a lot about him blocking and not running routes, but he just did it at the wrong time. That's on Shanahan. Shanahan is going to have to get this quarterback thing figured out. I know we'll be in the playoffs. I know we'll win a playoff game or two, but I don't know that we will win the Super Bowl. I don't know that we will win the NFC. And I think that sometimes will come down to the quarterback. So do we have the quarterback on the roster? That's the question. Uh, Everybody's pretty much knows that the Niners are going to be good. They're an 11, 12, 13 win team regardless of the quarterback. And that's what makes this team so dangerous and so good that you can predict us to win that many games, win the division, 
going to the postseason at least, you know, with not knowing if it's going to be Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, or Sam Darnold. The problem is when we get to the part where we need to go to the finish line and we need to cross that finish line, and that's the Vince Lombardi trophy, can either, can either of those quarterbacks get the job done when it matters the most? You're not always going to be able to run the ball in big games like that and not have to worry about the quarterback play. That's what Shanahan thinks sometimes. If we run the ball well, we play good defense, it may not come down to the quarterback play. But what if it does? That team is in the Super Bowl for a reason because they're just as good as your team. That's what Shanahan has to fix. Has he done that? Man, it, it remains to be seen. Um, and speaking of those quarterbacks, real quick, Brock Purdy is supposed to be throwing next week. Uh, good news, the rehab with his UCL injury and that surgery that he had to repair it is going well. He's on pace to do everything as scheduled, and he should start throwing the football again on next week. Some are wow. saying that he actually could be ready for week one. Shanahan was very optimistic about it after saying that oh, he would probably miss the first three weeks. Uh, yeah, there was a lot going on with Kyle Shanahan. He was at the presser. This is the way they done it. If this means anything to 49er fans, and I'll, I'll let me wrap this up, but at the presser, it was Kyle Shanahan. Then the quarterbacks came to the, to the presser to talk, and it was Sam Darnold first. It was, I'm sorry, it was Brock Purdy. Am I saying that right? No, it was Sam Darnold. No, it was Brock Purdy first. It was Sam Darnold second. And it was Trey Lance third. If that matters to any 49er fan on, on how they, you know, you know, gave him the ask for their questions or whatever during the press after the OTAs, one of the practices or whatever. OTAs is officially underway. And um, Trey Lance, there's a lot of news about Trey Lance, even though Purdy is set to – I'm not surprised that he's saying this either because there was some good news that came out the past few days or over the weekend about uh, Jeff Christensen, a quarterback coach or a pitching slash quarterback coach. He's very good, though, and he's trained some of the best from he's Patrick Mahomes. He's, he, he worked with him and his mechanics and things like that. Um, and a lot of things have changed. This guy has worked with Trey Lance during the offseason and – Patrick Mahomes has also worked with this guy and Trey Lance. And they they figured out what was going on with Trey Lance and why he had the arm fatigue and why his mechanics were all screwed up. He broke his finger his rookie year, his index finger. He couldn't put a good grip on the ball. That was one reason why he couldn't, you know, get the spin on it that we wanted to see. And his release was horrible. You know, the way his arm would be too low. Pass rushers, edge rushers are going to strip that ball every time. Now he has it in a much higher area. It's kind of tucked a little closer to him, to his body. He's got better hip torque. He's throwing with his whole entire body. His feet are planted. There's just a lot of things to, and I wouldn't say overreact, but there's a lot of positive things that has happened over the past few months here with Trey Lance and his coach to, is, and the reason why uh, he was uh, highly spoken of. He spoke very highly of Trey Lance, and he said he thinks he could be really great, but he's got to get that opportunity. And the way he's going to be able to do that is training camp. But if Purdy's going to be throwing with the ones, I thought it was going to be Trey Lance and Darnold in a battle. It looks like Purdy may be ready. Purdy knows what's up. He doesn't want to lose his job because he knows if Trey gets it, he may not get it back. So we're in a good situation, and I don't care which one it is. I just hope that whoever it is can win us a damn Super Bowl. The problem with Niner fans are 
is that they're going to start complaining and bitching on Twitter all week and all, all offseason about who it should be, and it doesn't damn, it doesn't freaking matter. Uh, but again, good news for Purdy. Also, though, good news for Trey Lance. And Sam Donald's also there, too. I don't know if it's a good situation for the 49ers or not, but it sounds like it's a good problem to have. We'll see. My thing is they're young, and we don't know what will happen in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl with these young guys. What I do know is there's a guy named Tom Brady who still got a year off before he takes the job with Fox or CBS. And, um, you know, that's a guy well, who – Tom, Tom officially, officially can't play football anymore, right, because he's a part owner of the Raiders. Can he not? Can he not? No, nah, you can't. I don't. I don't think you can own a be a part owner and actually play. Okay. Well, Peyton Manning. Okay. Well, I never. Michael mind. Jordan did it. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Uh, Jordan. Jordan had to sell his stock before he uh, came back. Well, Peyton Manning did it too, but just not technically. Mm-hmm. He, he had his wife. Peyton Manning owns um, a portion of the Titans. He's got. He's got money in the Tennessee Titans and their ownership and. But they have it in his wife's name. So Peyton Manning did that because he was still a player of the National Football League. Yeah, so you're right. I guess he can do it if it's in, <laughs> if it's in Tom Brady. <laughs> if it's in Tom Brady's name, then I guess you're right. Um, he can't play, and that that news definitely also broke over the weekend. He's a partial owner of the Raiders. What the hell? Um, I guess this is something that he's been, been wanting to do. He he did it immediately after retiring. So I don't really have anything to say about it. I could care less. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, I don't but, care either. Yeah, but I don't care. But I just wanted to speak my piece on Brock Purdy and uh, Trey Lance and that situation and Sam Darnold and what happened in the 49ers OTAs since we were talking about that emergency quarterback rule that's been changed. I think it's all for the good. And now you can you can suit, suit up the way you want to suit up. If you don't need three quarterbacks, fine. But for the teams like my team that needs that, hell, we, like, we know we do. We came down to our fourth quarterback, and even he got knocked out. So um, and some of that is, you know, like, Nick said we couldn't block him, but some of that is just bad quarterback play, holding the ball too long, you know, being indecisive and too timid. And yeah, you're going to get your ass hit, you know, like, <laughs> but he wasn't prepared for that moment or that type of game, no matter how long he's been in the league. But anyway, we're going to move on now to the basketball and we can get out of here 30 minutes down, but we, t- we covered that fight. That's a huge fight. July 29th, Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence Jr., Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. I hope to be there. I'm trying to be there. But this news just dropped on me like a bomb. All right? And uh, gave you a little NFL news. Austin Eckler wanted to leave the Chargers. Then they gave him a $2 million incentive. And now everything is good. He'll he'll finish his last season on the contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. And now basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles Lakers are gone home. It's over with. No more showtime. I was completely wrong about the Lakers winning the championship or going to the finals. I was wrong about them. I was wrong about the Celtics. And not only was I wrong, they embarrassed me. They made me look terrible by not even winning a damn game. They were swept 4-0. Denver Nuggets move on. Before I let you guys speak your piece on it, I said, though, that the Nuggets really are the best team from what I see, from what my eyes show me. And I must say, they won. So maybe there's no conspiracy here. Maybe this is the time where I say, nah, no conspiracy. It looks Maybe it is real. The Nuggets look like the best team, and they're actually going to the finals. I'm surprised. I'm not going to lie. But I'm 
I mean, I said that they are the best team. And remember that theory that I gave you all about the Denver Nuggets possibly being the new San Antonio Spurs. If they start winning championships, that's them. They don't mind. They don't care about the who gets the limelight, who's the biggest superstar. We know it's Jokic and Murray, but they don't care who gets the light, who gets the credit, who scores this on that night, and who who takes over on that night. Man, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, uh, and I don't know if he was that good when he was in Brooklyn, but man, these guys are playing good ball, good role players. This is a good deep team, and that's why I knew Phoenix didn't have a chance. I knew the Lakers really didn't have a chance if Anthony Davis was not Anthony Davis and he was not Anthony Davis after game one. But, guys, uh, let's start with Nick on this one. And I'm sure Terrence has plenty to say. But uh, And feel free, to, feel free to let it – feel free to cut it loose. Uh, I guess the question would be, um, what do you have to say about the Lakers losing and how they lost? Does this hurt LeBron's legacy somewhat? Or do you just give it up and say, man, the Nuggets are just a damn good team? And he couldn't beat them by himself. He snapped out, had a 40-piece. It didn't matter. The Nuggets still said, man – we're not coming back here again, and we're not waiting until we get back home to beat you. We're done. It's over for you, and that's what it was. Uh, so, how do you? Th- how do you? What do you think about this series? And um, what is what happens next with the Nuggets? I mean, what happened next with LeBron? So, as we talked about, the thing that, that we found I found very interesting was uh, LeBron, you know, being so melodramatic and serious about his consideration of retirement. Like, first off, it's gonna be a cold day in hell before you think before you will make me believe that LeBron James is gonna retire without getting his farewell to farewell tour in. There's no way that's not happening. There's no way that he's not gonna let us know before the season or before or very early in the season, hey guys, this is it. It's been a great run, blah, 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 blah. And here we go. Especially now that we see that, you know, you got these cameras falling around on court and whatever. Like this was all Beautifully staged. Don't get me wrong. He did a great job. I also want to give a shout-out to Terrence real quick, speaking of the, of the beautiful stage that it was on, because Terrence told us before that game that LeBron was going to drop 40. He said yeah. that. Yeah. Because for the reason that he said it. But Yeah. Um, I, sure, I sure wish I could have cashed on the end on it. <laughs> right, we, we should have hopped on just that. I should have hopped on just that, yeah. I should have known he was using Notre Dame's yesterday because he hit forty on the nose. Yeah, you, you, um, you know the parlay looked good because I, I I pitched in on it too. I was like, damn, this actually I think some of this stuff can actually. Well, happen. It, it was it was simple math. I, I am, and I always say I, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but I do see patterns. Mm-hmm. The one pattern I've seen is that no matter what big moment Melo has had, a lot of the times LeBron, I don't think it's intentional. It's just the way it happens. He overshadows him. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, um, Melo had, I think, 63, I think, or something like that, against the, the Bobcat. that was to the Bobcats in. And, like, a couple games later, like, LeBron had 60 against the Bobcats. Uh, so it's just little stuff like that that I see that I'm like, all right. He always overshadows them. It just happens. Uh, it's, prime example, the, the, the same day Ken Griffey Jr. retired, um, a player from the Detroit Lions threw like a perfect game. Now that perfect game got screwed up because an umpire made a bad call. My point is, it got overshadowed, and I just I was like, you know what? Here's a very here's a good time where somebody might get overshadowed 
uh, kind of in that same situation where they got through the perfect game. So, and LeBron has a history to me of overshadowing Carmelo. Again, not intentional. They're the best of friends, and they like each other. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm not saying it's shady. It's just the way the sports works sometimes. So that's. I wonder. I wonder if they, I wonder if they noticed that, and if there's any, if there's ever any tension amongst their friendship because of it. If they were competitive, not, like not, not that I would, not that I would wish it on them. They don't get me wrong, but just like as a, just as a, as a thought experiment, you know what I'm saying? Well, as, as, competitive, as competitive as they are, I'm sure there's always been some type of a. You know, I can make another analogy. I'm sure there's always been this Vegeta and Goku type relationship between them. Right. Okay. I can go out with that. Okay. Okay. That's, that- I would say that they weren't competitive enough <laughs> with each other to, to actually pay it any mind or think about it like that. But if they weren't as competitive as Jordan and other guys were back in the day, the Kobe. Uh, I, I, I would stop you on that. Because Melo used to go at Brian Nick. Melo was, when Melo when Melo, and Brian played, Melo was not playing. Melo put up some buckets on Brian. So did he? So did he turn into Jordan? So did he turn into Jordan? Like play cool with him, and then when he gets on the floor with Chuck and you and them, he just he he just turns into the the Terminator. I I don't know what it was. Maybe I mean, like if I was gonna try to psychoanalyze it or whatever, there may have been a realization for Melo at some point that LeBron had you know that LeBron A was maybe a little better than him. But more more so, LeBron was on the on a different path than him in terms of where he was going to land in the echelon of of NBA greats, right? Like Melo, like 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 I feel like for these type of guys, there's a point in your career, you know, that's re- relatively early in your career where you where you realize, okay, I could really be one of the best to ever do this. And I think there's another point where you start to see what the separ- what your separation actually is. And I think probably around year eight, nine, there's probably 11, 12, 13 is for, for, uh, you know, for these guys, for Melo and Bron. Melo's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to be one of the greats, but that dude, he's, he's headed to another level. And so that brings out a competitive edge in you that's like, but I still want to remind him that he can get these buckets. And Melo would give them to him religiously. <laughs> But um, I was speaking of speaking of Melo. I don't know if you said it specifically. Uh, I was happy to see Melo, you know, with the retirement. Uh, I think I think only just saw this clip. LeBron apparently produced the video that produced the retirement video that Melo did. Yeah. Did you see that, Jarvis? I, I oh I, I saw. I don't know if Jarvis saw it. Jarvis. This phone may have uh, may have given out a little bit, but yeah, I um, I, I did see the video. It was a very nice video, and it was it's pretty funny to hear LeBron talk about it uh, at the press when somebody asked him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, man, we we shot that video last week." <laughs> that was that was pretty funny to me. I, I, I was I was tripping out at that. He was like, like yeah, "Y'all probably think a lot about that too." Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the presser was actually funny. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. It was also kind of. Kind of sad. I'll talk about that in a second. Man, you know the, the worst thing that, about last night, though. What's that? Uh, before I before I even get started on LeBron, I, I just this is this is part of the reason why I hate Lakers fans, man. And, and sorry, Nick, because I, I know that that unfortunately includes you sometimes. But I know you're on a Lakers. No, it, 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 it hasn't included include me for four years. It's all good. Okay, all right, good deal. All right, 
the here's a problem I had last night. One at um at the post game presser for Darvin Ham, he actually fixed his lips <laughs> to try to complain about that last play and saying it should be a foul. Now listen, now we we've all seen LeBron play hundreds of games. If that was a foul, even the slightest, we would have seen him pitch a fit. We saw that against Tatum. When Tatum hit him, it didn't get called. And, I mean, he acted like somebody slapped his Shot. mama in midcourt. Hmm. Um, so, if that was a foul, we would have seen LeBron. And, and you know, you're talking about that. this this might be the last time we see LeBron in the playoffs. And you talk, you're telling me that he is not going to pitch a fit? Come on now. I don't buy this. So, Darvin Ham, come on, man. With all the calls you got against Memphis, against Golden State, Austin Reeves and Schroeder flopping all over the place, the last thing he should have been doing was was uh, complaining about a foul call. What he should have done was giving the Nuggets credit, particularly Murray, for a great defensive play, for seeing where LeBron was going, getting over there, getting just – you can't out-muscle LeBron, but he got, got just enough hand on the ball to be him enough where um, Aaron Gordon could block the shot. Great play by Murray, um, and just give those guys credit for a great play, man. Don't don't get up there and complain about a foul when you've gotten the benefit of the whistle all season. By the way, not just not just during the uh, playoffs, but all they they shot exponentially more free throws than anybody all season. So I, I don't I I didn't like that at all. Um. Secondly, uh, I've seen a lot of discourse, a lot of disdain for. Anthony Davis, and I think this is probably more of LeBron fans and Laker fans. Let me just specify that. But anytime there's a failure by LeBron, and I don't even want to, I'm, I'm, I'm with Giannis on this. Like, I don't want to call this a, necessarily a failure. They they didn't they didn't achieve the goal they would have liked. But my goodness, they started two of ten, uh, two and ten. They were in what like 13 plays headed for the lottery, which New Orleans would have been headed for the lottery. And Palinka makes a trade of a lifetime in getting Hachimura, and then he pulls off a couple more trades and gets Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell, and he literally changed their whole team at the drop of a dime. Those guys jailed together immediately, uh, and they became one of the best teams in the West, right at right, the drop of a hat. Um, so I don't want to call it a failure, but anytime LeBron doesn't win the chip, it's somebody else's fault. It's never LeBron's fault. Hmm. Well, let me ask this, Nick. I, I, I assume, assume Jarvis will pop back in in a second here. But let me I'm ask here. this. Okay. What happened in game one? Didn't Anthony Davis have 40 in game one? He did. 40 and 10, I believe. Yeah. Why, why didn't they win that game? Hmm. Because if, if, if you're telling me that Anthony Davis is the problem, but Anthony Davis had 40 in game one. What's what the solution? Happened? <laughs> you know what does he need to get 50 to win yeah I think um, I, and even last I, night listen Anthony Davis had low scoring last night because LeBron was hot in the first in the first half there's no right. point in Anthony Davis taking shots if LeBron is hot right if, 30, if, you, if anybody's gonna give you 30 in the first half you pass him the ball you pass that man the ball so he and, and listen even with taking limited shots in the first half because of how hot LeBron was Anthony Davis still finished with what, like 24, 25, I think, something like that? I think Anthony like Davis Ant- averaged like 24 and 12 for the. I, I, will, I, will go on, I will go on record and say Anthony Davis, this is as dominant as I've ever seen Anthony Davis play, especially playing primarily in the post, which we've never seen really. He's always tried to 
going to be a, a, a stretch five or a stretch four. Um, for him to be, for him to be playing primarily in the post, not get injured, by the way. Um, and to me, he had his best playoffs, and he's still getting the blame because, listen, I don't care how good Anthony Davis was. The, the issue here is that they just were not going to be Denver. That's the, that's the problem. They just were not going to be Denver. And instead of um, a lot of LeBron's bandwagon fans, and they just follow him everywhere he goes, it, it, it irritates my soul. Just saying, hey, Denver was better. Um, there's two options. There's two things they can say. They can say Denver was better. Or here's the thing. Now I gotta say this, and I'm and I don't I don't mean to. I know the guy is up in age. He's 38. I get it. But all these games were every single one of these games were winnable late, and he didn't win one of them. That ain't on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis does not bring the ball to court. Anthony Davis is not the primary ball handler. It ain't Anthony Davis's job to um, create his own shot from the perimeter. Anthony Davis gets the ball when it's fed to him. And 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 listen, for the most part, these playoffs, when it was fed to him, he did pretty doggone good. For the most part, in my opinion. All right. Well, but, I'm, I'm, but, the guy, <clears throat> but the guy that's supposed to be the greatest of all time couldn't close out one of these games? Um, I, I'm going to say... You got a fair point. Uh, yeah, Jones. I, I'm just going to say, and I, I won't be long on it, I just want to say that the Lakers, I agree with one thing Terrence said, doesn't look like they were going to win this series anyway. Uh, they, they just, just Denver was a better team. They definitely Denver was a better team. Yes, yes. And listen, and, and and I and I want to apologize too because I had Denver get put out in the first round by Minnesota. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Well, you definitely. I, I knew you was crazy with that one. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I just thought, I thought Minnesota had matchup problems because they had two big men that could play Joker. Yeah. Um, and listen, I'm not the only one. A lot of people didn't have them getting past Phoenix. The That's true. Denver, Denver might be the most disrespected finals team in the history of basketball. And I want to I want to get on these airwaves. If, I'm, if I can get on here and criticize people, I can get on here and apologize. So I want to personally apologize to Denver because I was wrong. Yeah. And listen, that's that's also me being guilty of not watching a lot of Denver because it's Denver. Yeah. And you think about Colorado, you think about weed, and, and I won't say what that you think about, but... <laughs> But I, I, I think, I'm not going to go there, <laughs> Terrence. I, I, I think that you know, I, I think I've said this all along since the postseason has started. A little before the postseason started, I, I've always yeah. said, man, I don't think y'all putting enough respect on Denver's name. I've been, oh, saying you, you've that. been saying it for a while. You've been saying it for a while, and, yeah. and you know what? I'm, I'm glad they earned their respect. I'm sorry they had to. Yeah, yeah. And there we go. Because and they, and they definitely here, here's the thing: they were good before, uh, before Murray got back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we should have known common sense says, hey, they get their second best player back, somebody who is a dynamic scorer. Yes. They're automatically going to be, at the at the very least, they're going to be conference finals because they just got their guy back. Right. Yeah. And they I'm, did and all of that without without Murray. Yeah. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Murray. I'm happy for the Denver Nuggets. I said before here on this podcast that yeah. the Denver Nuggets um, are right back where they were. The last time Jamal Murray was healthy, he's been banged up here the past few seasons, but when he's healthy, the last time they were, they were in the Western Conference Finals. This yep. time, they push forward even further, and they're now in the NBA Finals, and KCP is on that side. Um, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, he's on the right side again. Aaron huh? Gordon is there now. I, I, I don't think he was there in 2020. Okay, go ahead, Josh. No, no, what was that, Nick? I, 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 I thought you were about that, my bad, but uh, – 
I, I heard something pretty wild today. Do you want to take a guess at the number of players to average uh, 30 points, 50, 40, 90 in the conference finals? Uh. In the conference finals, yeah, yeah, I think um, probably, probably I'm going to say two. It was Will. Not it, the what, what, I don't think Will shot shot ninety percent from the free throws, did he? Oh, you said the, free the throw. Answer, the answer was one. You know what it is? One. Maybe I one. missed the maybe I misheard the question. Okay. Oh, that's, so that, that's that's the, that's Murray. The number of players that have had a thirty point, fifty, forty, ninety conference finals average for the series. Oh. It's Murray. 50, fifty from the field, forty from three, ninety from the line. That's Murray. That's what he just did. Wow. Okay. Wow. I, I, I thought Steph may have done it at one point, but uh yeah. Brian, wow. not, yeah. Not surprised. I mean, not surprised at all. Again, guys, I said this team is good. I see it. I've seen it for a while. It's not hard for me when it's basketball, and they say the better basketball team wins every time. We will yeah. see. And, 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 and listen, this, this is how good Denver was. LeBron averaged 24 and a half. AD averaged 22 and a half. Austin Reeves averaged 17. Russell averaged 13. And now had Hachimura played more, he would have averaged more than uh, – more. Than, he, he, did, he averaged 12 off the bench. And, Denver, and they really wanted him because they thought, they thought he was the fix to guard Joker. Now he that's that was that, and, and 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 now this the last thing I want to say about as far as the basketball part of this. Now listen, the series before that, Anthony Davis was, and I'm quoting LeBron, the best defensive player in the game. The series before that, he was locking down Jackson in the paint. But when it came down to Jokic, he had to play off the ball. He had to play off Jokic or uh, uh, play weak side. And I want to ask. I want to ask y'all why is that? Because I'm. I'm, I'm I, I. I. What I. One thing I am sick of in this. This. This modern era of the NBA, stars not guarding stars. You know, we're talking about this Miami series, and I, I guess this would be a good time to check the score on that. But you're talking about the Miami series where there's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two outstanding wing players. And neither one of them go over to goes over to check Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler, and I just don't like it. By the way, Boston is winning eight to five, seven to seven right now in the third quarter. Um, yeah, they're still going home. But anyway, just wanted to mention that. So I just I just wanted to know why was in the previous series Anthony Davis was and I quote uh, the best defensive player in the game. Um, the series before that he was pretty much dominating Jaron Jackson down there, but when it came to Jokic, he had to play off Jokic. I can answer that for you. Because uh, who was it? Uh, Zach Lowe. He said it today. He said the thing about it is Anthony Davis's defense has been so dominant. He has been the, the focal point of everybody's game plan. And the thing that the Nuggets did better than everybody else is the fact that they have Joker that pulls Anthony Davis away from the rim. Anthony Davis being under the rim is the most was the most terrifying, dominant thing about the playoffs. And so, because they were able, because the the Nuggets with the, how they run their offense were able to very comfortably pull either make Andrew Davis have to come away from the rim or make him have to float off the ball and let Joker operate against somebody else, they were able to beat the sleeves off the Lakers. Yeah, my man hit well, the sleeves. Well, <laughs> I just would, I just would have appreciated it, seeing uh, Anthony Davis uh, check him in the paint more. That's all. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I agree, but I mean that's. And I understand it's I understand it's strategy. I get it. 
But sometimes my strategy is, hey, my guy's better than your guy. Go lock him down. I, I can agree with that. Now, now that I, I can feel you on it. If that's the direction you're going with it, I, I guess I can't really argue because I agree with that with that mindset. All right, so we're gonna slide. We're gonna slide on. We're gonna slide on to the next series because we got to wrap this up. Celtics and the Heat are going on right now. Uh, the, the only thing I can say about the Lakers is that they were not the better team. Uh, it didn't look like it at all. The Nuggets. That's the, the Nuggets showed that with the sweep. I will say one well, thing: where well, Terrence was talking about LeBron and where he should get blamed. No denying that or debating that. But if I would debate one thing, I would say. It kind of sounds a bit contradictive, Terrence, for you to say that Anthony Davis was good in the series and then come back and say that he wasn't that good because he didn't. He played off of Jokic. So well, no, maybe I mean, he that, does. That was my, I said, that was, that's my only complaint. Uh, okay, I would, okay. I would have but, personally but, like to have seen him guard Joker more, but uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony uh, Davis' uh, defense was amazing. Understood, but that's a huge part of the whole of the whole series. That's Joker. That's the MVP or the former MVP. This yeah. is this is a very important player here. And if you're not going to do this on this end, then you know, like maybe you're to blame too a little bit here. Hey, look, look. As good as he was in the postseason, this wasn't his best series. I will say that. LeBron. Well, I don't know what. I, not that he doesn't deserve any blame, but LeBron didn't do much the entire postseason, really, as far as shooting. LeBron only, LeBron was, only scored thirty twice. Yeah, he was not he was not good from the field at all, especially from the three from uh, three from the three. He was pretty bad up until he only scored thirty twice his whole playoffs. Yeah, so I mean, LeBron was being LeBron, facilitate, help everybody play off. He played much better off ball, getting everybody involved, doing what he's supposed to do, uh, doing all of the other little things that matter instead of just dominating the ball, and it worked. It got them this far. This is a team that, damn, they didn't even get into play-in. So you got to yeah. tip your hat to the Lakers. It was a good season. They overachieved, if you want to be real. But I said that Anthony Davis had to be a he had to be the star that we know, and he was not that this entire series. Jokic was a bit too much. It's a lot. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. He needed to be great because he's the best player on his team when he's healthy and he's playing like it when he's consistent. The problem is he's never consistent. So say what you will, AD. We like you. We know you're a bad boy. You're top three in the league when you want to be. But we need you to be that consistently. Lakers are done. What does this mean for LeBron? Who knows? He's he's contemplating retirement. Uh, there's reports coming out now that LeBron is not that worried about playing with his son. Like, he, it doesn't have to happen. We know he's probably coming yeah, I, back, but this is just I, I something was, to make you think that he probably won't. That, yeah, but this is just something to make you think that. that he actually may really consider retirement. I don't think he is. I think he's just going to start having some of these Aaron Rodgers off seasons, and he's going to be a diva, and he's going to just get all the attention and enjoy it. I could be wrong, but we'll see. But um, well, I, so, so I'm going to tell you this, this quote I was just looking at real quick, that, that, what he actually said. He was talking about, you know uh, – you know, whatever his journey, however his journey lays out, he's going to do his best for him as his dad, his mom, and his brother and sister are going to support him whatever he decides to do. So just because it's my aspiration or goal doesn't mean it's his. So it sounds like he and Bronny may have had a conversation. And Bronny like, look, one of two things. Either, Dad, I don't want to be running up under you and, and going here just to, you know, do whatever it is you try to put together. Or maybe that... The, the intelligence that's coming out that people are starting to see as far as as far as Bronny, uh, the not the intelligence, not the, his intelligence, excuse me, I'm talking about in terms of the thought on his game, what people are saying about his game is that 
he's not really a one and done level player. And so now the idea of playing what's best for Bronny would probably be to play two or three years at USC. And Bronny's like, I, I ain't got four or five, two, three, three or four years left mm-hmm. to be trying to make that happen. So I would be curious to see uh, what direction Bronny's career goes with, with this coming out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, though, uh, on this show in the future just because – I don't really care. We'll find out, but I don't think it's nothing to worry LeBron's about. Not retired. I don't think he's going. That, that's just a, yeah, me. That's that's a plug for them to get Kyrie over there. I'm, he's not retired. I'm not he's sure. He's playing next season. I'm not. He thinks sure. he's got well, at least one more shot. Probably he, he probably thinks he this he's got maybe two more, depending on how this this next season goes. But probably one more shot at a legit at a title. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to hang around for his son to come to the league, but I'm I'm almost for sure he'll be back next season. Uh, so anyway, Celtics Heat, nothing really to talk about. The Celtics have been inconsistent. Well, they haven't even showed up at all really in this series. They're about to go home in a 4-0 sweep. Uh, they're down 3-0 right now, and they're going into the fourth quarter, I believe, as we speak, as we were recording this right now. Um, and uh, the the Celtics and Heat. So real quick, guys. Just and I mean really quick because we we we've, we're almost at the hour mark. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it either. I've said Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets was the best player in. He was having the best postseason. Uh, I don't think I'm wrong about that one. I was wrong about the Celtics and Lakers, but the Heat and the Nuggets look like the better teams, regardless of their seeds. Jimmy Butler just seems like he's in this I will not lose mode. So I was right about that when he's still playing. Uh, Nick, you went with Booker, but Booker, he's gone. He's been home. So I say it's Butler, but Butler and Jokic, they both deserve a championship. If the Nuggets are going to be the new Spurs, Butler still might not get one, but I don't know. But what they've done with the Celtics, are you guys surprised? I mean, like I think Nick went as far as to say that the Celtics will win this series and go to the finals. I even think you went as far as to say they would probably do it in five. Um, uh, that was me. Oh, that was you, Terrence? That was me. Okay. I said that. Oh, both of you okay. said that then, because I gave him six. I thought I was the only one that said I'm going to give Miami more credit I, I, than I, that. I, I think I'm, I said, I think I could say I could see five, but probably six. Yeah. Um, but, I, but yeah, I definitely was the one that said that the Celtics was going to win the title. And, and they, they didn't win a, since I said that. And they didn't win a damn game. I had them going to the finals <laughs> and losing, and they didn't win a damn game. Nick, um, quickly, what's up? What happened with them? And are you? Do you think they're going to break – Tatum and Brown up, or are they going to find a way to reload this thing and keep them together? Well, I mean, I would say this. So right now, the Celtics is up 88-1, 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, if they do find a way to win this game, which I somehow feel like Miami still is going to win it, but if the Celtics find a way to win it, 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 the series will be over by the time we get ready to record next week. So we're just going to assume that, that the Heat won the series. All right. Yes, um, yes. And I, that's me real funny if those words come back to bite me. But at any rate, it would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, um, so you know, was, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler has been an absolute dog throughout the playoffs. Um, I, I did pick Devin Booker over. I think we had a conversation about shooting guards a couple weeks ago. Um, Devin Booker play. I mean, he he, he had a great couple of games, but he, he wasn't able to hold it up and, and you know carry his team through. Um, you know, against a team that, that looks very much like they could be the eventual champions. And so, uh, you know, there's, you know, still, you know, a little less shame in that losing to the team that 
that does end up winning it all, um, if the Nuggets do end up pulling that off. But uh, Jimmy Butler definitely uh, is going to have a lot to say about it. I think you asked me more specifically about the Celtics, didn't you? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, I'll, go ahead. Just, and I'll, just, I'll just try and, and okay, as, as far as the Celtics, I'm sick of them. I'm yeah. sick of them. These guys are huge underachievers. Uh, one of them needs to go. And I'm pretty sure they're going to stick with Tatum. Uh, and I don't think I don't think Jalen Brown wants to be in Boston anymore anyway. So uh, hey, work out. The, but the thing about it is, I think Jalen Brown is also an unrestricted free agent. I know he's at least a free agent. I don't know if it's unrestricted or not, but I think it's unrestricted. Uh, so I don't think Jalen Brown was, is going to be there anyway. Uh, but with that being said, if even if they do have uh, control of, if they do they do have him under contract, I think it's time to blow it up. Um, it, it doesn't have to be a full blow up, but you just have to get Jalen Brown out of there, and then you can use all of that to, to rebuild some kind of a way. And somebody mentioned that maybe they would trade Jalen Brown for Dame. They don't need Dame. They need somebody with some with some. And I'm not saying that Dame doesn't have this. But they need somebody with some guts, with some fight. They need somebody that is not afraid to uh, attack the paint. They need uh, a big. To me, they need a big. They need a big. Or at the very least, the or the very least, a a a versatile wing that can attack the paint and play play some more in the paint. I know the bigs don't just grow. On, not not with no pun intended. They don't just grow on trees. Um, <laughs> But uh, they need, and if they could get a big, that'd be perfect, right? Like that would be that would be absolutely perfect. But I, I just, I think that they need to try to invest a little, a little differently. Having two elite wings, well, I guess they can call them elite. Uh, it's clearly not working. It's not yeah. working, and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Nah, I, yeah, I think it's time to go ahead, and I, I think this team, and again, we praise Danny Ainge and the trades that he made and the things that he did to put that team together, and then the things that he's done over in Utah, and how he up, dumped dumped that roster off and got a lot of picks for it and a few players, and now Minnesota looks dumb, and you know, so we give credit to Danny for to Danny Ainge for putting that roster together, but I think in my opinion, that Boston Celtics have probably reached their ceiling. And I think it is time to either break it up or you've got to add a big and not just a big just for the sake of having a big, but somebody that can rebound. I always did say on this podcast earlier in the NBA season that one thing about the Celtics, they have their moments where they really go off and they they're sh- they shoot lights out. But they also have nights when they're not so so hot from the shoot from shooting and they never rebound. Teams get too many second and third chance opportunities in one possession. It's because they don't have a rebounder. They don't have a big that can rebound and protect the rim. They need a bam. Well, they're too, and bam and, and, and they're still, really and they're still depending on Al Horford for points. Well, and that's a problem, again, because Al that's Horford is now Carl Anthony Towns. You know, like we need some – they need somebody that's going to be kind of like Bam. And Bam has showed them up and really played his butt off. It looks like Miami is playing their butts off. It looks like Boston is just showing up to get the check because they don't even look like they're there. It looks like someone has snatched their souls. They look like they've given up. They're not fighting through screens. Man, they're not doing anything. Transition defense has been terrible. They just look like they didn't even come to the ring to prepare for this fight. I mean, to even fight. So, um, I, I'm disappointed. They made me look really bad. So, I, I don't really have anything good to say about the Celtics other than you didn't win with um, Yudoka and you're not winning with this guy either. And it seems like from what Nick sent us earlier today uh, in uh, a picture that we saw through social media 
Jimmy Butler has been sticking it to the Celtics head coach for quite some time, even going back to yeah. his days in college uh, at Marquette. <laughs> so, uh, look, the Celtics are done, whether it's a sweep or not. But, hey, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference both have in sweeps. What a coincidence. But the broom is out. Lakers are gone. Celtics are gone. I was wrong. Nuggets, Heat we in the NBA wrong, Finals. Yeah, we were. But we got plenty of time to preview, so we won't do that now. Previewing the NBA Finals, we're out of time. Nuggets and Heat, we'll predict who's going to win. We'll give our analysis on that on the next episode because we'll still be back before the finals even get underway, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, yeah, the first yep, game yep, one is June absolutely. June 1st, so we should be fine. Yep. We'll be back at you next week, if not sooner than that. Uh, but, again, we told you about the fight. We gave you some updates about the ETAs and new NFL rules. They're flexing some games here. Um, and then we got into the playoffs. Uh, is LeBron going to retire? Probably not. The Lakers are done. They're going home. What's going to happen? Do they add Kyrie? Probably. We'll see. That'll be all the, the chatter. Head coaches and stuff still need to be filled out. There's still a lot of head coaching vacancies. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Philly, you know, we'll see. Uh, Milwaukee, Toronto. So uh, we, we've got to talk about that, too, whenever they fill these head coaching positions. And um, we'll we'll preview the NBA Finals. Denver, Miami. Hey, I'm proud of the NBA because it just seems like this is actually real, even though I know it's not. Boston didn't look like they were trying to win that series. But, man, kudos to Miami and Jimmy Butler, man. I mean, nobody thought that they would win the first round. When Eric Spolster right. said we wanted to get out of this play-in and get to the playoffs so bad, People were looking at Eric Spolster like, for what? You about to go home in five at least, you know, <laughs> five at the most. And they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, took it to them, and they continued to do that um, round after round, and here, here they are. Got to give them credit. They're a good team. And shout out to Pat Riley. Shout out to Eric Spolstra. Shout out to Udonis Haslam and just, just, just everything that they do as an organization, we have to give them credit where it's due. They keep everything in-house. They like to keep a lot of their old former players around and bring them in and on the staff as assistants or something to some sorts. And, they, you know, it's just a good chemistry. And uh, Jimmy Butler, man, look, I know at one point it's it almost – Jimmy Butler is making it seem like Dade County was so long ago. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. I'm just saying for him to do what he's doing and there's no Bosch, there's no LeBron by his side – this is this is phenomenal. If he can pull this off and win the whole thing, we really got to start putting some respect on his name and say that he's the best player in the league, not because of what he does in the regular season or how many 40 and 50 pieces he puts up or lack thereof. He shows up when it's time. Jimmy, playoff Jimmy. Nobody else gets that nickname. So he needs more respect for that. Whether he wins this title or not, give him his props. People thought in 2020, ah, that was just a bubble. Nobody was – they were all right. They'll never be back, and they're back. People said the same about the Nuggets probably when they were eliminated by the Lakers, and they're back. So here we go. We'll talk about actually, it. Actually, actually, there was one other person that went with the playoff name. It didn't work out so well. You remember Playoff P? Playoff P. Paul George. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, what was this, when he was in Indiana? You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't remember what he said that? Um, he was he was he was an OKC then. I think oh, game one he had like forty points, and then he had like 
he averaged like 15 the rest of the <laughs> rest of the series. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, see, that's why I don't remember that. That's the same one that that's the same series that Dame put them out. Uh, mm-hmm. he made the three yeah. over Paul George and waved at him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason, PG-13 and OKC was kind of a blur uh, to me. I, I forget a lot of that. I didn't get to catch a lot of it either, but yeah, okay. You didn't miss anything. So it didn't work out. But see, Jimmy, I don't think he's calling himself playoff Jimmy. We're doing that. And, you know, and Correct. good. He's earned it. That's and that's the true. thing about Jimmy. He's not the type to say that or say anything. He just plays ball, man. And that's why we all respect him. But, man, we'll talk about it. Who's going to win? Who deserves it more? Who who will we like to see get it more? Jimmy Butler or, or the Joker? Uh, we'll see, but man, Jamal Murray has been looking possessed these this past few rounds here. I'm telling you, they don't look like they they're gonna lose either. So this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be fun. I think it'll be exciting. I think it's gonna be back and forth. I can't wait to see how the defense goes. Uh, Bam and Joker. Uh, we'll see. This is gonna be interesting. But um, shout out their exposure, man. Uh, and that's all I've got. The Denver Nuggets can they be the new? San Antonio Spurs. Um, or is Greg Popovich going to get the Spurs back to where they used to be? They've got that number one pick they won, that lottery pick, and um, they're drafting that 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 guy that everybody's hyping up to be really special. Um, I can't say his name right now. Women Yana. There you go, Women Yana. So we'll, we will see how that works out. And um, that's it. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a good show. Um, we still went over an hour, but it's okay. Uh we're going to catch the rest of this game, I guess, if it's still going on, if it's something to watch. And uh, either way, uh, give us one more update, Terrence. Uh, 92-83, uh, fourth quarter, nine minutes ago, Boston is up. Oh, Boston is up now. Uh, yep. Well, either Boston been up. Oh, okay. I thought nah. Miami was up the whole time. Okay. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm at 97-83 with a little under eight to go. Oh, dear. Okay. He just took a timeout. Oh. Jason, Jason Tatum just hit a three. Okay. Boy, that's a weird dude, man. That's one weird dude, I tell you. Um, he's too inconsistent Jason for me. Jason Tatum's now sitting on 27 points. Jimmy Butler's got 24. Uh, it doesn't even matter what Jimmy Butler has. He does everything. He has something to do with every score just yeah. about, you know, whether it's him scoring it, assisting it. You know, he facilitated it some type of way. Kudos to that man. man. Getting a steal, a deflection, getting in the way somewhere. Something, yes, something. He's doing something on that stat sheet. All right, guys. Well, that's it for now. Uh, Nick, you never gave me the cue uh, for the for the for the for the music. I don't know if you. We we not, we, we, we gonna hold it. We gonna hold it. You, you made you made a good decision. Okay. All right. That'll work. That'll work. We gonna hold that off. And uh, yeah, that's it then, man. Y'all got anything else before we get out of here? Oh no, that's it, man. Uh, hey, y'all, y'all guys, be safe, and we're gonna do this again next week, and hopefully, there's no O three comeback. <laughs> right, because I'm being a whole lot of crow next, so that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing for me if I could get one of these right, but I think it's pretty much over, though. I would just, I would have liked for it to end tonight, so you know, it could just be over. But um, anyway. Uh, the Nuggets aren't complaining if this series continues to go on. Uh, guys, uh, we probably will – Well, Ter- me and Terrence may be back, ladies and gentlemen, later on in the week. Depending on what announcement Tony Khan, president of AEW, makes on Wednesday night on Dynamite. Well, uh, another announcement. Yeah, pretty much just the location of where the first episode of AEW Collision will be. But there's a big thing about it. It may be the United Center. It may not. If it is the United Center, 
pretty sure Punk will be in the building. If not, uh, I don't know. But I've heard Daily Place was not an, a backup plan that was false, so they say. Who knows? But depending on what that is, myself or me and Terrence will be back maybe on a Thursday to uh, review uh, Dynamite's this Dynamite Collision Raw. And uh, I got some interesting, some interesting things to say about Vince McMahon and uh, how it looks like he is pretty much ahead of creative again, at least on Monday Night Raw show. I don't know what you think about that, Terrence. Maybe we have a debate. But um, it's just some stuff just seems to me Triple H ain't calling all these shots anymore. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We're available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button. Uh, share it with your people. Give it to a friend. Just tell them the type of sin, the great debate show. Also on Facebook and Twitter, you can catch us debating some of the liveest, hottest topics going on throughout the day, throughout the week. And um, that's it, then, man. We're out of here. It's been a good one. Um, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets again. And um, we think the Miami Heat will be next. Y'all be safe out there. Hey, peace out, guys. Get out.